Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are served from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band, full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more info. Our country is vibrant and our economy is thriving like never before. On Friday, it was announced that we added another 304,000 jobs last month alone, almost double the number expected. An economic miracle is taking place in the United States, and the only thing that can stop it are foolish wars, politics, or ridiculous partisan investigations. Shoing. Um, first and foremost, let me uh, let me say this: that was possibly the best State of the Union address that I have ever heard, bar none. I have not heard a president who so obviously loved his country since uh, the days of Ronald Reagan. So. I was uh, very pleased. Now, I can pick apart all kinds of it, and I will today. I mean, there were two comments that are just um, anathema to how I feel and what I believe, and I'll talk about those. But I finally had to get all up in uh, my friend Ann Coulter's grill last night because enough already, Ann. You know, um, there's not a person alive that could get any closer to fulfilling what you and I both believe is the only thing that will work, and that's securing the border. And we say that for a number of reasons, not just because of the things that were mentioned, although they were all good things, fentanyl, uh, uh, human trafficking, violence, um, all of that is very important. Uh, Wages, workers, all of that, very important. But I'll tell you what's the most important. This is a sovereign nation, and a sovereign nation should protect its borders. A sovereign nation has an obligation to the people who live inside its borders, not the people who live in the world. So, uh, you know, stop it, Ann. There's nobody out there on either side of the aisle that has the guts or the tenacity to go after securing the border with more passion than this president has. Um, they're not making it easy for him. And I think that at some point, you sound so much, and sounds so much like a one-trick pony, like nothing else on earth matters. And I have to tell you that a lot of things matter to me. Immigration has always been my uh, focal point. It is a, a number one issue for me. But I haven't heard a president with the boldness to call out the defenders of infanticide the way this president did, to talk about abortion in his State of the Union address, to talk about the moral outrage that people should feel when they hear a pediatric neurologist talk about making a decision whether or not to save a living baby, a living outside of the womb baby. He touched on every single point that I would have wanted to be, and, and he did it all. I mean, there was he, he didn't leave out anything. I was very impressed. Yeah, there were some moments where, you know, obviously he went off book and I like them. You know, I'm the one person who's cheering, like hoping that the teleprompter fails because I prefer him speaking from his heart. But he managed to do that anyway. And as for that, uh, that group, that those, those, those women in white 
I mean, give me a break. Okay, how do you not stand up for lowered unemployment in minority communities? The only thing those biatches stood up for was women. Oh, more women in the workplace. Yay. More women in Congress. Yay. Pointing to themselves like a bunch of hyenas. Uh, How embarrassing was that? I mean, if you're a Democrat woman, that's who you are. You're an infanticide loving. Self aggrandizing dressed up in white, which is sort of novel since it's the symbol of purity and none of them look too pure to me. Uh, embarrassing, just embarrassing. And then, you know, uh, the, the, watching Ayok, um have to keep looking around to see, am I supposed to stand? Should I sit? Looking up at Nancy Craning, trying to see what am I supposed to do here? You know, come on, girl. Grow up. It's gonna, Watching you grow up is going to be the most painful two years of my life. But, it has to happen. And then, you know, as can be expected, you know, I, I said as soon as the uh, I drove home, I got to hear the speech on uh, the radio on 850 WFTL, was spared a lot of the face making, although um, because I'm a sucker for politics, I did go home and watch the whole thing in its entirety anyway. So which means I spent like four hours with the State of the Union address last night, which is enough for anybody. Um, it's amazing to me though, absolutely amazing how the media gets it all wrong every time. They were, before the speeches were even made, they were, you know, declaring that, uh, Stacey Abrams was going to give the best speech ever. And, uh, you know, Donald Trump, nobody believes him. Nobody cares. Nobody be listening. And, uh, that didn't happen. He was able to uh, talk about things, especially things in general, that you really would look stupid not standing or clapping for. I mean, he, he literally got them to show themselves for the evil, vile creatures that they are by not even applauding for, you know, a, a lower minority unemployment. I mean, you got to be stuck on stupid. To have behaved the way they behaved last night. But hey. Um, you can't understand, or at least I can't, how important it is to have people in the audience for the president to um, tell their story. And I've seen it done uh, by every president in modern history. And often they are touching stories uh, often they are, you know, kind of raw and hard to watch stories. Last night was the perfect combination of all of the above. The family of three whose 82-year-old parent, grandparent, great-grandparents were murdered three weeks ago by an illegal immigrant, the face of bravery. The, uh, the Pittsburgh police officer who took seven bullets to rescue as many people as he could in the Tree of Life synagogue shooting and then to apprehend the the shooter. The face of bravery. The little boy who has been bullied for having the same last name as the president. The face of naivety. The young girl who raised money for cancer hospitals before she found out she had cancer. And her story... I mean, the stories were unbelievable. They really were. 
And then, of course, the elderly gentleman who they sang happy birthday for and uh, Alice Johnson and the other uh, prisoner who got released, the first guy released in first step. I'm sitting there and I'm looking like this should be, you know, this should have been um, Barack Obama's moment, right? He, he should have had this moment, but he didn't. Instead, one uh, orange-complected, blonde-haired, old white dude got the moment. And I couldn't have been happier. I really couldn't have been. And then to watch whatever that was, what the hell was Stacey Abrams standing in front of? Like, was that a green screen with, like, fake people behind her? Because they were, like, on a loop. Like, they moved, they swayed, and then, like, you know, they weren't people standing behind her at all. And, like, with all the money that Democrats uh, take or give back and forth to the Hollywood elites and everything, you know, I was tweeting um, insults at Rob Reiner last night because he's an idiot. But with all the money that Rob Reiner has donated to the Democrat parties over the year, couldn't they have asked him to at least produce that thing with Stacey Abrams so she didn't look like, first and foremost, she was gigantor? I mean, you don't want to take a big woman... And, and put her in front of a crowd where everybody else looks like Lilliputians in the way, way distance. And they're not, they're not real. They're like, you know, uh, on a screen. It was the most bizarre looking thing I ever saw. And then, of course, you know, somebody explained to me what the hell she was talking about. She was answering the speech she thought he gave, was going to give, but not the speech that he did give. And that, my friends is pretty strange, right? How do you how, how do you not be able to like roll with the punches? You had 10 minutes after his speech ended before yours began. You should have said like, "Whoa, he didn't say the stuff. I can't go after him on the shutdown." Donald Trump never mentioned the government shutdown. Never mentioned it, and she made it like half of her speech. It was not a response to the speech that we heard. It was a response to the speech that she wanted to hear. Um, definitely, you know, if that's the rising star, if uh, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, and the crying Somalian there who was crying when he said, oh, my God, you know, we we uh, we, we don't want illegal immigration in this country. And, and she looks like she bursts into tears. If her and AOC and Stacey Abrams are the face of the future for the Democratic Party. I have one thing to say to my fellow uh, conservatives and to those of you who are Republicans and listen to this show. Looks like you're going to get another term. No, I'm serious. What was up with that uh, that screen that Stacey Abrams was standing in front of? And do they usually pick somebody who's not in office to deliver the State of the Union? Although they've been, I mean, the response, they've been pretty uh, yucky lately. I remember... Uh, um, the last uh, couple of them weren't particularly uh, inspirational either. But hey, you know, you, they did the best they could with what they had. Um, and, and, you know, I've said before that AOC is just the gift that keeps on giving, right? I mean, every time she opens up her mouth, it is, uh, it's priceless, right? Just absolutely priceless. But we did get a glimpse as to what the 2020 election is going to be all about. We did. I, I can tell you right now what it's going to be all about. And Donald Trump put it out there. 
Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country. America was founded on liberty and independence and not government coercion, domination, and control. We are born free and we will stay free. Tonight, we renew our resolve that America will never be a socialist country. There's one side, and here's the other side. Well, I think I think that he needs to do it because he feels like he feels himself losing on the issues. Every single policy proposal that we have adopted and presented to the American public has been overwhelmingly popular, even some with a majority of Republican voters supporting supporting what we're talking about. When we talk about a 70% marginal tax rate on incomes uh, over $10 million, 60% of Americans approve it. 70% of Americans believe in improved and expanded Medicare for all. A very large amount of Americans believe that we need to do something about climate change and that it is an existential threat to our i mean i just you know it it can't be any clearer than that and here is the the disconnect from the mainstream of america that stacy abrams in, in her entire speech the only thing that i remembered was this because this is the most bizarre argument that i have ever heard in my life America achieved a measure of reproductive justice in Roe v. Wade, but we must never forget it is immoral to allow politicians to harm women and families to advance a political agenda. It is immoral to stop women from murdering babies in the womb or out of the womb. That, that to Stacey Abrams, is immoral. And what did she refer to Roe v. Wade as? Reproductive justice? It wasn't very just for the babies. Millions of babies have died as a direct result of her justice. You can't, you can't make this stuff up. You really can't. And that's why uh, Abe Hamilton will be my guest in the next segment of the show. Um, many of you saw the video that he had um, put out earlier this week. I put it up on my video blog. It was, uh, you know, I thought it was very impactful is don't kill the babies and uh you know he's a fellow radio personality as well as a uh big honcho spokesperson for the american family association and i gotta tell you when i looked at these women in white of all things women in white who refuse to understand that you know women like me and most women that i know even liberal women even women who are pro choice or so they say are repulsed by what we saw last week absolutely repulsed by the thought that we're not even talking late term abortions anymore we're talking about post term abortions or better known as and more accurately um identified as infanticide the killing of babies outside of the womb, you know? Um, and by the way, in Virginia, so now we have the problem with the governor. 
the lieutenant governor is under fire for some sexual uh, misbehavior. And now the next person in line, the Virginia Attorney General, Mark Herring, guess what they just found on him? Yep, a photo in blackface. You can't make this stuff up. Enjoy Friday night dinners at the American German Club. Doors open at 5 p.m. every Friday night of the year. Dinner, dessert, and coffee services are optional. Serve from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. only. There's a live band from 7 to 11 playing ballroom, standards, party music, and German traditional. Full bar with liquor and wine, including German and domestic beers on tap. $10 for admission and dinner is just $12. Visit AmericanGermanClub.org for more information. Welcome back. Joyce Kaufman with you. As I promised, I have a special guest coming on. Um, earlier, I guess it was late last week and not early this week, I had come across a video that just moved me to tears. And as many of you know, in my other life, I uh, co-pastor a church in Fort Lauderdale. And the video moved me so dramatically that I, I literally tried to track down the gentleman who was actually the general counsel for the American Family Association and, and its public policy analyst. His name is Ab Abraham Hamilton. So I invited him on the show today. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm telling you, I I, I probably watched that video eight times i put it up on my website it was the most visited uh, video i've had up in a long long time and it's raw i mean for people to sit through it it, it is uh, you really do um get in our faces and ask us to do some things would you explain to the audience what you know what made you do it yeah sure um i had just like many of <laughs> others in america just learned the news of uh, New York's uh, codification of their new abortion law, <laughs> naming it the Reproductive Health Act, interestingly enough, Ugh. after uh, 10 years of trying to get this measure passed, which uh, literally uh, allows for the murder of a little baby right up until birth. I mean, literally. Um, uh, it was jarring for me. Yeah. It, it was jarring for me following the, the, the information of the bill's passage and the celebration that took place in Albany, New York, at their state capitol there, their governor's decision to then light up Ugh. the uh, the skyline with in celebration of the legislation, legislation, and I thought to myself, wait, wait, what is happening to us as a country? Because mm -hmm. uh, if you have a person, maybe you have a pet or someone, or someone may have a pet that they have to put down, uh, who celebrates that? You know, no one comes home rejoicing at the fact that they've had to put Fido down, and so if uh, you know, abortion was, as, as it was stated many years ago and repeatedly, safe, legal, and safe, meant to be safe, legal, and rare, then who would want to celebrate that? Yeah. And um, it, it, it moved me to see that celebration and then to see subsequent states following suit. And, and I just, for, for, for me, I didn't plan on a video being celebrated, going viral, none of that kind of stuff. I, I was just responding to um, the soul of our nation. If we claim to be a compassionate people who claim to be a loving people, how much more loving and compassionate compassionate can we be than to save the life of the, the unborn, those who can't protect themselves, and, and to to see how that law was, was celebrated. And then on the heels of that, um, the Virginia State Legislature, uh, where Delegate Kathy Tran um, had the harrowing commentary where 
even a woman who is dilated. I mean, I'm a father. I have five children myself. Um, I've been through that process with my wife, obviously not having a baby myself, but going through the process. And to see that so callously, a reference being made to, to uh, killing a child. And then on top of that, Ugh. Virginia's governor coming out and saying what, what he said. I just thought um, we need to, as best as, as, as possible, uh, recalibrate as a nation. If we don't understand the vulnerability uh, that's present in, in with a child, previously was unborn, and now we're even talking about post-birth children, how can we claim to be a loving and compassionate society? You know, and I love the way you were able to diffuse some of the most frequent arguments that um, I get into with people. You know, I've been doing this for 29 years, and I've been, uh, you know, having this debate uh, over the last 29 years about life. Um, and it's it's stunning to me um, that in all this time, I, you know, my my own children are grown and they have never lived in a world that didn't have legal abortion. Um, and so, they, you know, I have to sometimes remind myself um, that, yes, this is, a, a, you know, a large change and this inability of people like me and you to express ourselves about it. Uh, you know, we've been silenced. You know, last night, Stacey Abrams referred to it as Roe v. Wade as reproductive justice. And, uh, you know, my head almost uh, fell off, you know, because there's no justice for the child. Um, you know, the idea that more babies um, in the in the minority community, you're black, I'm Hispanic, more babies in New York in our communities were aborted last year than were born. You know, this is a, a eugenics experiment for the most part, as Margaret Sanger always envisioned it would be. And I, I just, it was long overdue. And the way you diffused the argument when you said, I was raised by a single mom, and we in the church have to stop telling people who get pregnant um, that they're outside of the church. Yeah. 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 So it's multi, multiple layers to that. First and foremost, um, my, my mom, just as I said, my mom was a single mom. I should have said it more clearly, but you, as you said, it was raw. Because uh, I'll, I'll tell you the whole story. My mom was a single mom and had my daughter when she was 16 years old. I'm from New Orleans, Louisiana. My mom grew up in the Desire Housing Projects. If anybody's familiar with New Orleans, Louisiana, you know the Desire Housing Projects is not the Waldorf story, okay? Mm-hmm. And nevertheless, my mom had my daughter, I mean, my, my sister when she was 16, raised my sister. I, I couldn't imagine my life without my sister. My sister provided all kinds of care and things for me uh, throughout my life. And then later on in life, my mom met and ultimately married my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom grew up in the throes of poverty, but poverty is not a justification to murder. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, con- consider the, the notion that we, we, we decry murder across the board, except when it comes to the unborn. The innocent. Would it, would it be a justification for people who grew up in, in, in neighborhoods where I grew up in the Lower Ninth Ward in Louisiana, because maybe we don't have as much money, can we go and murder other people because we're poor? No, that's not a justification for murder. Mm-hmm. And then you also have the, the corollary reality that in some, some places and spaces it's true that churches have been very hard on uh, young women and, and young people who have had babies out of wedlock. We don't reduce the standard. Sin is sin, fornication is sin, adultery is sin. It's sinful. Right. But that doesn't mean that this the mother is now to be excoriated and excommunicated necessarily or that the baby is now to, be, to carry around this, this marker. And But even though all of those facts are true, do they justify murdering mm. a baby? No, not in the least bit. And it just was a, a call for a wake-up moment in our, in our country because these things 
which have been happening following that video. I've done a, done a little bit of research and to see that there are lots of states in our country, 20 of them, yes. that allow these later-term abortions. And, and the only thing that the – I won't say the only thing. don't want to minimize it, but the Federal Baby Born Alive Infant Protection Act, it, it, the federal law prescribes a certain type of late-term abortion. But you have other types that have just been perfectly okay mm-hmm. with our country. And I'm saying, saying wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. This law has been sold to us as safe, legal, and rare uh, to protect the health and safety for the life of the mother. But under the Doe v. Bolton standard, that really means anything, any reason. And are we that callous of a community where at the very same time we're professing to be crusaders for justice, we will allow the most vulnerable among us with no one to hear their cries, to allow them to be killed. Yeah. It's unconscionable. It is. And, and you look at the governor of New York, for instance, who was rejoicing in this uh, legislation. You know, this is a man who doesn't believe that uh, criminals who have murdered multiple people should receive a death penalty, exactly. that the state of New York doesn't want to be responsible for the death of that individual. But they're okay with being responsible for the death of an innocent, unborn child. You can't even, the hypocrisy, that's too nice a word for what this is and and i made that point in the video i mean in new york literally the only person that can be uh assessed the death penalty is a child Mm -hmm. in the womb same thing with rhode island they're considering similar legislation i mean this this is a this is a a bridge too far yeah i mean are we not going to wake up we have states that will not uh will not apply the death penalty to mass murderers right but they'll allow children yeah. post-birth yeah. in, in some instances yeah. be murdered. Um, you had to be um, you had to be as um, as cognizant last night as I was of finally having a president, and not since Ronald Reagan have we had a president who speaks about this issue clearly, um, and who was absolutely um, right when he said, you know, th- what kind of country are we if we minimize the value of any human life? And, and he's right when you look around and you see these school shootings. I mean, we're coming up on the first anniversary of the Parkland shooting here in florida and i have to tell you when people say to me how could a young man be so callous i said well he's never lived in a world where you couldn't kill babies so he didn't really see that big a deal about killing young children or young or or you know contemporary kids absolutely i mean we live in a society where children are told on a day in and day out basis that there's nothing unique about life there's nothing sacred about human life that we're all just the amalgamation of you know amoeba becoming goo becoming fish becoming monkey becoming man there's nothing there's no rhyme or reason to life and then at the very same time want to communicate but you should somehow value life yeah and- it, it, it's an incongruent message it's an inconsistent message and the unfortunate reality that many of our young people are they're drinking what we're depositing they're buying what we've sold them and when we see the 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 evidence of that worldview in application we don't like the results we have no problem with the cause Mm -hmm. yeah well look and 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 i think it's important it's important that um that the church step up um and begin to take on some of the responsibility of of you know at least um making it clear um what happens in these instances where you know women are um, either made to feel uh, as though abortion were nothing more than, you know, removing a tumor or a blastocyst or whatever the terminology is, you know, fetus. They can use any word they want. A baby is a baby. I've given birth myself twice, and I can tell you, if you do nothing to interrupt from the time of conception until the time that you give birth, what you get is a baby. You don't get a blastocyst or any other such thing. 
That's right. And and, and it's amazing that the, the very people who claim to be the most ardent and strident supporters of science are really the most ardent and strident science deniers mm-hmm. on this fact, uh, because as if there's something magical that happens between a baby who is gestated 40 weeks and one who's made the successful journey uh, from the birth canal. You know, you want to talk about separating family and undocumented children from right. their mothers. Uh, the, the children who make that torrentious journey uh, through the birth canal, why would we want to separate them from their mothers permanently? It, it's just that, that the height of intentional cognitive dissonance and a willful ignorance that allows for these type of murderous pensions to, to permeate our society. And to your point about the church's response, I, I said in the video, and you've heard it, mm-hmm. uh, that every church should be allied with a local crisis pregnancy resource center, yes. and that our churches can become more effective, should become more active in the adoption movement. I've done that in my own life, my own local church. Uh, we are exploring some things uh, to let these young girls who are in these, these difficult circumstances, to let these, these abortion mills in these areas and the adoption agencies in our areas know that they are willing families to take these children. They don't have to be murdered. Mm, exactly. They don't have to be murdered. Yeah, well, I, you know, I said it from the pulpit already, so I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page as you, and I do think that we have to, you know, step up now because this is still a nation based on Judeo-Christian, po- you know, policies or, or beliefs. And yeah. the fact that we hide and pretend that everything is okay, you know, we've normalized the most bizarre things in this country in the last 30 or 40 years and it has not served uh, us very well at all if you if you just look around you can see the cost um if you don't believe that there's a god then why on earth are you behaving you know that's what i say all the time if you don't think there's ever going to be a judgment bar then you can do anything you want you're absolutely right and 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 i'll refer to thomas jefferson's quote he said that uh, when he considers that God is just, and His justice cannot uh, tarry forever. He shudders to think of think of that. And when we consider things like this, you're probably very well familiar with the scripture when uh, Cain killed Abel. The Lord said Abel's blood cried out to him from the ground. Yes. And yeah. to date, since 1973, there's 61 million babies who've been slaughtered for the overwhelming majority for no reason other than for convenience. Yeah. Um, well, I, I just want to thank you. Thank you, first and foremost, for taking a stand and for the work that you do that they do at the American Family Association. I am a member in all the re- in good standing, and I am I'm just grateful that uh, that this video got the attention it deserved. Amen. Thank you so much for inviting me on, and we'll, we'll continue on in the good fight. All right. Thank you. That's Abraham right. Hamilton, the general counsel and public policy analyst at the American Family Association. You have to go check out my video blog at 850WFTL.com slash Joyce, because I put up this incredible viral video, another one that uh, has the Democratic reactions during the State of the Union speech set to the tune of Everybody Hurts. This will make your day. If you thought you had uh, seen it, you know, if you thought you'd gotten a good chuckle out of it last night, you will laugh. And by the way, there is nothing that made me happier than the President of the United States handing that State of the Union address to both the Vice President and to the Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, yesterday, then turning around and beginning to speak without giving her an opportunity to introduce him. He did not let that woman speak. And I, I know it was her house, but you know what? It was his night. And for people like me... I. The president is always introduced by the Speaker of the House. He just cut her legs out from under her, if you can call those things that descended from the bottom of her 
white outfit, legs, um, and that face. Was she like adjusting her dentures? I really couldn't figure out what was going on with that stuff that she was doing. And then, like, <laughs> it was... She kept looking at the speech like I, I, I didn't know, like, was she trying to see, are we getting close to the end? I mean, she, the papers were starting to fly all over the place. In all my years of watching State of the Union addresses, I barely notice that the VP and the speaker have the speech in front of them. They pay attention to the speaker, not Nancy. She was like folding pages and I was surprised she didn't break out a highlighter. You know, she's just... She's kind of losing it, too. I, I probably shouldn't make fun of her because I think any day now we're going to hear the diagnosis and it's not going to be good.